If you are pregnant or you've recently had a baby, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Kath Bequee, a physiotherapist working in women's health and mum of three. Join me each week as we dive into all things pregnancy care, childbirth and postnatal recovery, helping you have a wonderful pregnancy and afterbirth experience. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Well, hi there. Welcome to episode 28 of the Fitness Mama podcast. I am your host, Kath Bakwe. I'm a mum of three young girls, a physiotherapist for women, and I have an online community, Fitness Mama, which helps to provide pregnant and new mothers with exercises, support, and resources they need to move from the overwhelm, physical aches and pains of pregnancy, the weakness felt after birth, and instead we replace that with the comfort and confidence they need to get their bodies and minds strong again, so that they can get back to doing what they love with a bobba by their side, whether or not they that's running around with the kids at the park or running the next marathon. So today's episode is all about the pelvic floor muscles and being a pelvic floor physio, I do get asked a lot about pelvic floor. So today I'm going to chat about the things I wish every single woman knew about and I wish this stuff we learned as a teenager. So I'm going to talk about what are the pelvic floor muscles, why do I need to know about them, when should I get help with my pelvic floor muscles, how do I best look after my pelvic floor, and stick around to the end because I'm going to take you through a few exercises too. So first up, what are the pelvic floor muscles? If you follow me on Instagram at fitnessmama, you will see me jump on quite regularly with my model pelvis and show you. And being a podcast, this is obviously all very auditory, so I will do my best to describe them. But do come and check me out on Instagram where you might get a bit more of an idea. So pelvic floor muscles are exactly as they describe. They are the floor of the pelvis. They are a group of muscles that surround all your openings. You've got your urethra at the front where the wee comes out, your vagina, and then at the back you've got your anus. And their first function is to help to close off those openings. So they help to reduce the chance of leaking, so incontinence, and that's urinary incontinence, so leaking urine, and fecal incontinence, so leaking of feces, so super important. Their second role is to support the organs of the pelvis. So they, as they form the base of the pelvis, they do help to support the main organs of the pelvis, which are your bladder, which is at the front, your uterus, which has your baby in it if you're pregnant, and then your bowel at the back. They're helpful when it comes to helping to reduce your likelihood or helping to reduce your chance of pelvic organ prolapse. If you notice a vaginal lump or bulge, heaviness or pelvic dragging, they are quite common hallmarks of prolapse. So they're the two main functions of the pelvic floor. It's to help us stay dry and to help support our organs. So why do we need to know about them? So women have, on average, a wider pelvis than the male counterpart. And that's because we give birth 
to babies. So naturally, the woman's pelvis is larger, which is helpful because we have a baby's head, which may descend through our pelvis. So anatomically, there's more surface area where our pelvic floor might be under extra load. You can imagine on a small mini tramp, there's not much up and down bounce. Whereas as soon as that trampoline gets bigger and wider and you get a supersized trampoline, there's more bounce in that trampoline because the surface area is greater. It's got a wider diameter. So that's one reason why women perhaps are more susceptible to pelvic floor issues. The reason we need to know about them is, unfortunately, we are more susceptible to pelvic floor issues compared to men. Men can have pelvic floor issues, definitely, but we know that there's two periods in a woman's life when we're more likely to have a spike in pelvic floor issues, and that's pregnancy and childbirth. That's a first general rise in pelvic health issues. And then the second time in our life when we might be more susceptible to pelvic floor issues is menopause, where there's a lot more hormonal changes. First of all, let's talk about when we should be seeking help with our pelvic floor muscles. And then I want to talk about how we can all best look after our pelvic floor. Before I start, this is obviously general information only. So if you are suspecting you've got any issues or concerns or you've got any ongoing questions, do go and seek that personalized attention. So I see women one-on-one and I'm able to assess them individually and it really helps to guide what information I provide them and what treatment is. So this is generic advice. Okay, so when should I get help with my pelvic floor? If anything that I've said today is setting off alarm bells, you notice that you have a bit of a vaginal lump or bulge, you've got that pelvic heaviness or dragging sensation, issues with leaking, so you leak when you cough, sneeze or laugh or when you lift up anything, or perhaps you're getting urgency, so you're having to rush to the toilet. So A lot of people tend to know about the leaking with coughing and sneezing and laughing. That's called stress urinary incontinence. There's also another form of incontinence called urgency, like urge urinary incontinence. And that you might notice that if you have a sudden urge, a sudden desire to go to the toilet. So a lot of women that have this, they might say to me, oh, I feel fine. But then as soon as I go to put a key in the door, I suddenly feel urgent. Or some women say the sound of running water makes them need to go desperately. So sometimes there's triggers, cold weather, getting into the shower that might make us suddenly get that urgent desire to go to the toilet. So it's very normal to have a strong urge to need to do a wee. So if we've got a full bladder and you really need to go, A strong urge is great. It tells our brain and tells our body that we need to go to the toilet to empty our bladder. However, that sudden urgency and that need to rush to the toilet, that's not considered generally normal. And so that should be checked out because there is lots that can be done. So there's pelvic floor muscle training, there's bladder training, but we really need to find out why that is happening in the first place. And it might be worth touching base with your GP too, especially if you've got the urgency, urinary incontinence, because there might be some things happening like perhaps a bladder infection. So best thing to do is if you've noticed anything that I've talked about 
setting off alarm bells, go and see a pelvic floor physio and go and see your GP too. So constipation, painful sex, difficulty with the relaxation side of things also can definitely be treated. So go and get assessed, see what's happening and get yourself on a bit of a management plan. I think I've covered it all off. I'm doing this off the cuff. I don't have any notes. I've got school pickup in 20 minutes. So excuse me if I've missed one or two things. I don't think I am, but feel free to DM me and let me know. Okay. Next thing is how do I best look after my pelvic floor? So let's first start off by looking after our bowels because it's amazing how linked bladder and bowel issues are. For example, if someone comes to me with urgency issues, it's amazing how if we get on top of their bowels, on top of their constipation or any issues they've got, it's amazing how sometimes that really helps with their bladder side of things. If you're straining on the toilet, any issues with your stools, definitely go and see a GP. The second thing we can do is practice good toileting So if we can get into a really good posture on the toilet, that can really help things out too. So rather than sitting upright, humans are hunters and gatherers. So in all the years gone by, we've squatted to go to the toilet. Whereas in this modern age, we tend to be on relatively high toilets. I remember a couple of patients of mine have had issues with chronic constipation. And then they've gone over to a country where there's squat toilets and they've come back and they said to me I have no more issues with constipation since I've been on these squat toilets so when we squat it really does help with our anatomy I won't go into detail on it but if we can get our knees above our hips so pop a stool under your feet try not to lift up onto your tiptoes it's much better to have your whole foot flat on something but get your knees above your hips so it might be a little stool or it might be I've had some clients who haven't wanted to buy a stool you know in case they have visitors come or whatever it is so they've used a packet of toilet paper that hasn't been unwrapped yet (laughs) so that's their makeshift stool a packet of toilet paper under their feet so it gets their knees higher than their hips the next tip is to put your elbows on your knees relax your tummy and take a few deep breaths there's so much I can talk about on this topic and I won't go into great detail but be aware of your bowels seek treatment for any constipation And get yourself into a good position and relax your pelvic floor. Take some nice deep breaths. This episode is proudly brought to you by Solidea, providing all of your pregnancy and recovery support needs. Solidea's maternity range supports your changing body throughout your pregnancy and the postpartum period. The proven compression and patented fabric helps to reduce back and pelvic joint pain, swelling and varicose veins, and it's safe and effective following vaginal and caesarean section deliveries. Solidea improves recovery from episiotomies, tears, hematomas, and after caesarean births. Made in Italy, Solidea's maternity range ensures pregnant women and new mums will look good and feel great. 
recommended by obstetricians and physiotherapists, Solidea is offering 20% off using the code FITNEST20. That's F-I-T-N-E-S-T-20. So if you're in the market for some new support wear for pregnancy or postpartum, definitely go and check them out with the code FITNESS20 for 20% off. So visit www.solidea, that's S-O-L-I-D-E-A.com.au and check them out for yourself. And the link is in the show notes. Okay, the second thing that we can do to best look after our pelvic floor is to practice good bladder habits. If you've got urge urinary incontinence, you might find if you're taking in a lot of fluid that's high in caffeine or carbonated drinks, so mineral water, coke, coffee, tea, they generally might irritate the bladder. So we might try replacing those things with a non-bladder irritant. So normal water instead of bubbly water. Decaffeinated tea, like peppermint tea instead of normal tea. Decaf coffee instead of normal coffee. And it sometimes, for some women, that really helps with issues of urgency. The other thing with the bladder is being aware that we're not doing just-in-case trips to the toilet. I have to sometimes catch myself saying to my kids, look, just go to the toilet because we're about to leave the house. As a general rule of thumb, we want that bladder to gradually fill up over time and we want that bladder to be able to tell your brain that it's got a nice full capacity and you're ready to go to the toilet. If we continually empty your bladder at a small capacity, that changes the signals going to your brain. And over time... If your bladder is not allowed to fill up to capacity or you know fill up to a good volume, so a good few cups, that might create issues down the track. General rule of thumb, when you go to the toilet, hopefully it's not just a trickle here and there. You know, It's a good cup. You go when you need to go. We don't want to wait too long. So I think some professions find it really hard to go to the toilet during the day, like nurses and teachers. That's not good either because they're having to ignore those urges that are going to their brain and then their bladder might overfill. So again, it's a really big topic and I'm not going to go about it in great detail, but let's make sure we're practicing some basic good bladder habits and bowel habits. The other way we can help to protect our pelvic floor is to avoid chronic coughing. So if you've got asthma or some sort of cough that's ongoing, definitely go and see your GP, your doctor, and get that treated because coughing puts a lot of pressure down through the pelvic floor. We've talked about constipation. Avoiding constipation will help your pelvic floor big time. Chronic constipation, and this is in males too, can be a cause for prolapse potentially. And keeping up your general health and fitness is also found to be really helpful with the pelvic floor too. And then the other thing is really heavy lifting. If you're a big weightlifter, I would recommend you go and get your pelvic floor checked out and get some strategies for how you could best lift weight without it putting excess stress and load through your pelvic floor. Okay, so we have talked about what the pelvic floor muscles are, why we need to know about them, when we should seek help with our pelvic floor, and how to best look after our pelvic floor. So all my members, after every single workout, pregnancy workout, postnatal workout, 
Pilates workout, we always do a set of pelvic floor because I do know that pelvic floor can become a bit boring. It's not the most exciting exercise in the world, but it's very similar to brushing our teeth. Brushing our teeth is a bit boring, but we still are in the habit of doing it twice a day. So hopefully we can get into a bit of a routine with our pelvic floor. So if you've had a baby, if you're pregnant and you've had a baby, I would consider this an important time to be focusing on your pelvic floor. So whether or not you go and see a pelvic floor physio or whether or not you come and join a program such as Fitness Mama to really help boost up the regularity and that motivation to do your pelvic floor or whether or not it's touching base with your GP if you've got any health concerns, whatever it is for you, I just hope you can get into a bit of a routine and that routine will look different for everyone. For some women, it might be when they're breastfeeding. During pregnancy, it might be you do your set of pelvic floor at the end of your workout. So it will look different for everyone. And that's where if you've got any issues and got any concerns with your pelvic floor, you want to have a personalized training program to really help you maximize and strengthen up your pelvic floor. I haven't even talked about overactive pelvic floor today, so I will leave that topic for a different day. But during pregnancy, I do get asked a lot the question, should I not be strengthening my pelvic floor during pregnancy? The answer is yes. During pregnancy, there's research that's found it can really help with that afterbirth recovery. What we want to do during pregnancy is to make sure you're getting a good strong activation and you're able to activate your pelvic floor muscles but you're also relaxing your pelvic floor so you're learning how to release and relax and that's really important for preparing for childbirth and again that's something that we do run through inside our membership we go over lots of different strategies for how to relax a pelvic floor including perineal massage and other ways to help prepare the body for childbirth Okay, let's run through some pelvic floor exercises, everyone. First tip is to start fully relaxed. So if you're standing, perhaps you should sit down quickly just for the next minute or two. Think about dropping and flopping your pelvic floor, letting your tummy muscles relax, letting that pelvic floor relax. Imagine you're standing above a pond holding a pebble. What happens when you drop that pebble into a pond? You see all the ripples coming out, don't you? So let's imagine that's like our pelvic floor when we're relaxing. All those ripples are coming out in all the directions. Now let's zip up and in as if you're stopping yourself passing wind. So imagine you're stopping yourself doing a fart. You're in a lift. <laughs> let's imagine you don't want to do anything. So hold it in for three, two, one, then fully relax and let it go. Okay, let's do some quick lifts. So zip it up, release, lift, release, lift, release, zip it up, release all around the back passage, draw it up and in. Try not to squeeze your glutes, try not to hold your breath. We've got five more, release, four, release, three, release, two, release, last one and let it go. Remember these are an internal muscle to the body so no one else around you should know that you're doing this exercise at the moment. If they see you're lifting up your eyebrows or, or squeezing all your leg muscles or tensing up your shoulders you probably aren't doing them correctly. So go get yourself checked out. So they are an internal muscle they're your own little secret. Right now let's do a 10 second hold a strength hold. 
So this is a 100% lift, your maximum hold. Make sure you're still breathing. So zip it up, keep breathing, keep holding, keep lifting as strong as you can for another five, four, three, two, one, and then fully let it go. So we did quick lifts and then we did a 10 second strength hold. Again, I do want to stress for some of you, a 10 second strength hold might be too challenging. You might only be able to hold for five seconds or seven seconds. So that's what I said at the start. This is general information only. Don't stress out if you can't hold for 10 seconds. That's okay. If you've just had a baby, you probably definitely won't be able to hold for 10 seconds. In those early days after childbirth, you might only be able to lift up and then release, zip it up and release. And it might take you a few days to achieve that. And then gradually you might build up your strength. So if there are any concerns, go and get checked out. Okay, we wouldn't do just one strength hold. We wouldn't do just five quick lifts. We would definitely do more until you feel like your muscles are fatiguing. So if we were doing textbook material, we'd do 10 second hold for 10 seconds. Uh, you might do about 30 quick lifts and then an endurance hold. So for some of you, an endurance hold, a long hold might be 30 seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. For others, it might be 50 to 60 seconds or longer. It really depends on where you're at in that afterbirth recovery, like pregnancy and afterbirth recovery stage. Okay, let's go for a half lift. This is a 50% lift, a gentle lift. It's not your maximum. Keep breathing, keep lifting, and we're going to hold for 20 seconds. Keep zipping up just gently, not too much. You're doing an amazing job. 12 seconds, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then let it go and let it fully release. Okay, we've chatted all things pelvic floor and I feel like I've only touched the tip of the iceberg if you want more help and support with your pelvic floor during pregnancy do come and check out a seven-day free trial of the fitness mama membership I never thought I would be chatting about pelvic floor on a podcast in terms of taking everyone through a set of pelvic floor. I should have had this on video because my hands were going up and down and up and down as if I was demonstrating it. I forgot that I was on a podcast, (laughs) but that's it, ladies. Hope that was helpful. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a DM on Instagram at Fitness Mama. I would love to hear from you. And don't forget to join up. If you're interested in learning more, join up for the seven day free trial. In this free trial, you can do a few live Pilates classes, on demand classes. You can listen to guest expert speakers discussing topics including hypnobirthing, induction, mindset, and more. There's heaps of QA sessions about abdominal muscle separation, pregnancy related pelvic pain, cesarean scar massage, mastitis, and more. All you need to do is head to www.fitnessmama.com forward slash free. All right, that's it, ladies. The show notes for this episode will be on the website at fitnessmama.com forward slash podcast. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Fitness Mama podcast. Thanks for listening to the Fitness Mama podcast brought to you by the Fitness Mama freebies found at www 
www.fitnessmama.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave a review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media and tag me at fitnessmama so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember, an active pregnancy, confident childbirth and strong postnatal recovery is something that you deserve. Remember our disclaimer, materials and contents in this podcast are intended as general information only and shouldn't substitute any medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. I'll see you soon.